Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dhamma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. So we're at the um, ninth chapter, ninth class on our Dhammapada review. Um, today's chapter is the Papa, the Papavada, or remaining harmless. And this chapter points to, um, or develops a few important points. One is the underlying gentleness of the Dhamma, which is reflected in us remaining harmless to ourselves and others as we develop the Dhamma, uh, but also the, um, the moral and ethical factors of the Eightfold Path, right speech, right action, right livelihood, are the, um, the framework for getting there, right? By being mindful of our speech, our action, and our livelihood, we will begin to recognize where we're causing harm to ourselves or others um, and how to simply abandon that. Buddhist words. Be quick to act wisely and restrain your mind from delusion. The mind delights in delusion for those who are slow to act wisely. And acting wisely would be developing the Dhamma. Should a person commit harm to themselves or others, let them not repeat the harm over and over. Let them find no pleasure in wrongdoing, as wrongdoing always brings pain. Again, a very specific wrongdoing. We're not talking about... Um, we're not talking about wrongdoing in the sense of, say, the Ten Commandments. We're talking about wrongdoing that takes us outside of the framework of the Eightfold Path. So you've heard me say often that once we can integrate the Eightfold Path, excuse me, the great power in that, the liberating aspect of the Eightfold Path, the limiting aspects of the Eightfold Path are just that. Once we've integrated it and we know that we're acting within that framework, we're good to go. And I can remember palpably, is that the right word here? <laughs> um, when I had that understanding that I really feel like I can't hurt people anymore, where in the, in the past and growing up, I had hurt people inadvertently. And I think every one of us has. And that's a, that's a scary thing, especially for a child, but anybody who hurts himself who hurts another person or themselves inadvertently without really intending it. And yet you still did so. And I'm talking about maybe the first time I, I yelled back at my mother in anger. It hurt me too, but it also hurt her. But it scared me because I had such a hurtful effect on somebody when I didn't mean it. And that felt, feels like we're out of control, doesn't it? When we do that, when we hurt people inadvertently, we don't intend it. But our behavior is such that it does cause harm to ourselves or others. It scares the hell out of us. And it's hard to overcome that and even accept that in ourselves. At first, yeah, I've done, I've engaged in behavior that was hurtful towards others. How do I change it? Right here within the framework of the Eightfold Path. And again, once I understood that really all that I had to do was to act with right speech, right action, right livelihood, not easy at first. But all that I had to do was to do that. And I knew that I was good to go. That's liberation, my friends. We know that we're no longer going to cause harm to ourselves or others. 
And that's what this little chapter is pointing to. Be mindful of skillful acts and repeat these over and over again. Find pleasure in the well-integrated life. Well-integrated means within the framework of the Eightfold Path. The well-integrated life and common peace will prevail. Wrongdoing can be ignored, but the pain that eventually follows cannot. And we all know that, right? There's no free rise with our behavior. We can't get away with anything, even if it's within our own minds that we cause anguish. Skillful actions will always bring peace and understanding. Ignorance of the results of wrongdoing is not protection from pain. A drop, at a, a drop at a time fills the pot just as pain fills the wrongdoer. Understanding the value of virtue guides one's actions. A drop at a time fills the pot just as virtue fills one with common peace. Just as a trader with little protection avoids a dangerous route and one desiring long life avoids poison, the disciple avoids wrongdoing. Again, how do we know that? Right speech, right action, and right livelihood. A hand with no wounds can carry even poison. The disciple avoids self-inflicted wounds and remains free of disease. Like dust thrown into the wind, pain will return to the fool who offends another. Born of the womb, the wicked suffer forever. The pious enter heaven. This is a little, a little bit of the Ram recognized the Buddha giving a little bit of a little jab, like the pious enter heaven. That's not such a great place to go because the disciple abandons ignorance. Heaven is just a fabrication, isn't it? It's just another repository that you can that you try to put yourself in. It's a reward for eye making, but the disciple abandons the ignorance that would cause one to create that kind of pain in their life. And the Buddha continues that, that theme, neither in the heavens or deep water or a mountain sanctuary can hide the wrongdoer from the results of their actions. So we can, we can put on the robes of, 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 of someone doing good, but if within our hearts we're not, we can't hide it. And the Buddha concludes this by saying, neither in the heavens or deep water or a mountain sanctuary can hide the wrongdoer from the living death of ignorance. And of course, we know that that's ignorance of four noble truths. That's today's class. So um, this this follows last the last week's chapter on the Padita Vaga, Pandita Vaga, uh, simple Dhamma is best, pointing to the simplicity of this Dhamma. We really only need to be mindful of our right speech, right action, and right livelihood. It's not that hard to rein in our behavior. At first, it might seem like we're trying to, to tame a wild elephant, but really all we're doing is working with our own mind and our own behaviors and our own self. And as I describe awakening as full human maturity, any mature human being should be able to control their thoughts, words, and their deeds, right? Did anybody argue with that? And it's a rather simple thing to do once you set your mind to it and you have a gentle practice like this that guides you every step along the way, right? We begin in jhana meditation. We learn to take a little bit of control of our own minds. And then we start looking at our behavior. For most of us, that behavior begins with right speech. Almost everybody that I've ever taught 
talks about that, yeah, right speech was really their entry point. You start noticing the words that you're saying to others. More importantly, you start noticing the words that you're saying to yourself because your words will always reveal the quality of your mind. Always. You can't get away from it. So be mindful of what's coming out of your mouth, but also, more importantly, be mindful of what you're telling yourself, the story you're going. Because if your story is moving towards harmlessness, you know you're going in the right direction. Right. So I'd like to, who's on Who's on first today? I can't remember. I think it was the Kemp's. So let's go to, to the Kemp's first. Hello, Jeff. Hello, John. Hello, everybody. Um, I, I came in off the road about two minutes before he signed on, so I'm going to uh, remain silent, I think. If you'd like to say something later, please uh, just holler. And Deborah? Uh, same, unfortunately. Thank you for the uh, suited tonight. We didn't have a lot of time to prepare for, uh, but, for this evening, and I'm so sorry that I'm not able to contribute right now. I, I'm, I'm just glad you, we're all glad you joined us. So, Thank you. Hello, Brian. <clears throat> Hi there. Thank you for the teaching as well. I'm going to carry the theme forward. I don't have anything tonight either. I've been at a uh, a conference all day today, and this is the first bit of non-distraction I've had, so thank you. Glad you joined us. Hello, Julia. Hi. Um, I'm just going to say... What? You better have something to say. All right, I do. <laughs> something that you've said actually you said uh, to me not too long ago like this just came to mind when I was listening to you to the sutta tonight but you said something to me a few weeks ago you go Julia wherever you go there you are <laughs> that's that's not original by the way <sighs> yeah I, I know I didn't think so I think it was M. Scott Texas the one for anybody remember him yeah Thank you for the teaching. So. I'm glad you joined us, Julia. Oh, thank you, Do you recognize that? That everywhere you go, there you are? Yes, I do. Is that annoying or comforting? Comforting. Good. It should be. <laughs> Hello, Jane. Hello, John. It's not fair because I had already made up my mind that I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> but thank you so much for the tea. I have a good excuse though. I was with with a bunch of kids on a farm with lots of goats and I had a great time. All but right. I, it's totally used up. So thank you so much for the teaching. I'm, I'm so glad you joined. All your used up people joined tonight. <laughs> uh let's go to Zach. Zach, good to see you. Do you mind if I put the camera on you? I don't have to. Here's just Saga gets to know you a little bit. Here's Zach. Howdy. Do I have to hear it? I like that the uh, virtuous deeds fill up the pot drop by drop. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, an object in motion stays in motion as you kind of pick up these habits as we were speaking about earlier. Yeah. They come to reinforce themselves and become kind of like a, a habit, a neural habit. Yes. It, it really is just like that. A little, a little bit at a time. 
And I think everyone would say that too, you know, including myself. It wasn't, you know, I didn't become uh, as wonderful as I am right now instantly. It took a lot, it took a lot of doing. Like everyone here, you know, we all practice, we all put our mind to it, and we all develop the Dhamma um, and in our own time too. And it's just that way. But it, and it's uh, it begins and ends really with this harmlessness or a, a, like a real gentle attitude towards yourself and the Dhamma. I'm glad you joined us tonight. Let's go to Rom. Hello, Rom. <clears throat> Hello. Uh, those first lines um, struck me because they they show the the, the repetitive nature of mm. unskillful life. Yeah. Um, Groundhog Day. Yeah, Groundhog Day, uh, and you know the 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 kind of circular nature of, of karma comes in there as well. Yep. Um, <clears throat> you know, you watch people that are truly unconscious, and you just see them doing the same thing over and over and yep. over. And watch yourself, you know, yep. and in in you know, unskillful times, yep. keep keep repeating yourself, and. Uh, and it keeps hurting and doesn't seem to matter. Yeah. So you know, that's maybe that's all you know. Um, in a way, it's easier to live that way because you know there's there's a familiarity to it. Yeah. Even though it's painful, you yeah. you know familiar. that pain and and you know you know you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not until you get really tired of it that you're 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 ready to. Uh, to embrace something like like the Dharma. Yeah, and, and change them. In, in the addiction circles, they talk about hitting bottom. You have to get to that mental, physical, emotional state where you just can't stand it anymore. But right. the, I mean, the problem with that is some people just keep going. That's, yeah. Uh, but I had to get to that same place with my Buddhist practice. I had to get completely disgusted mm -hmm. with yeah. everything else that I was doing right. before I finally focused on this with the Buddha toy. Yeah, I was I was at that point too. Yeah. I, I tried something for, for decades yeah. and <clears throat> others before that and it just, just wasn't working. Yeah. Yeah, I kept the same things kept coming up no matter how much practice I did, no matter who I studied with, mm -hmm. I still found myself getting angry and frustrated at myself or other people. And it was a, an unpleasant life. Right. And you know, you <clears throat> could say that, that on it the constant unpleasantness that kept driving me, but I still don't know why that why that was why it worked for me and not for other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, that that's one of those great mysteries. But right. it, but it 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 me and everybody else I've ever taught had to turn that corner from looking at yourself harshly and lacking something to treating yourself with gentleness and realizing this is just a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, and that really does change everything. Yeah, and it's maybe just recognizing that, that this is a gentle practice. Yeah. Um, and you won't, you won't be falling back into, into those habits because of his gentleness. Too. Yeah. Which was, it stood, that's the gentleness of the practice itself actually stood in stark contrast to the way that I was practicing before. Hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I would do these long meditation sessions 
or even long chanting session. I remember the, the being completely annoyed with myself, yet chanting for an hour and a half in a language I didn't understand because everybody else was. But it was, I mean, that was really being harmful to myself. Mm. And to other people, I had to listen to it too. <laughs> but I mean, it was, it, it really was a harmful period of time because I was wasting so much time doing it, thinking that somehow words coming out of my mouth were going to transform me into some mm -hmm. kind of supernatural being. Or, I mean, I, I didn't understand why I was doing or what we were, nobody did, but yet I was doing it. You didn't even get to bang the drum or blow the horn. No, they never, I never could get my hands in that big, <laughs> big horns with the big hats. That's what I wanted. Yeah. Get one of those big horns one day. Then I would have made it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ralph. Yeah. Hello, Kevin. Hey, John. Thanks for the teaching. I don't think I have anything to add. I've added a lot to the suit over the uh, yeah. sessions here. So maybe I'll go listen to one of those old classes. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Hello, David. Hey, John. You know, along with describing this as a gentle practice, it's a utterly normal practice versus mm. this pious, yeah. heavenly, mystical, magical thing that people grasp for. Yep. And it's not supported in any thing that can be permanent. But this gentle, normal practice of just living within this faithful path and developing concentration, which is a tangible thing. Yeah. It's up to me yeah, to do real. It's not something that you bestow on me or my proximity with you. I have to develop it. Yep. I have to develop that refined mindfulness so I can walk through that life harmless. And, you know, that's very normal. Yeah. You know, these things fall in together. And it's, to me, the byproducts are harmlessness and calm and you know it can be invisible to everyone else it doesn't have to be seen by anyone yeah. so you know to me that's just a utterly normal you know function of this practice yeah so yeah. thank you it's it's so well said it, it it seems like we're doing something uh contrary to the way most people are living their lives and they are but it really is normal this is becoming a human being and uh, and being a mature human being means that you don't need yourself or anything else to be any different than it is because it's what's occurring again the craziest thing the craziest thought a true definition of insanity is wanting this moment to be different than it is because it can't be, can't be. and yet most of us live our lives going from one somewhat disappointing moment to the next to the next it's never good enough even if i won the lottery today i better win it tomorrow you know and it, we and it it's never enough because of greed and aversion we're going to lose thinking until this moment is enough what more can i want than to be sensitive to impermanence yeah i'm and, prepared for that i'm prepared yeah. that it's going to happen yeah so i i can just this is 
what is happening at this moment. Yeah, something's going to change. Good, bad, or tragically, you know, something may happen, but it's just what's happening. Yeah, and no matter what, Popeye is right. I am what I am. Hello, Matt. Thank you, man. John. Thank you for the teaching. I got you. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, I, I, I notice when I'm harmful to myself, I'm wanting something to be different than it is. Yeah. Always. Huh? And as soon as I want something to be different, want what's occurring to be different, I start to... Um, The attention starts to go towards there's something wrong here. What's what's wrong with me? Something must be wrong with me for whatever is occurring to be not what I want yeah. right now. And you can feel it. Yeah. yeah. And that 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 harmfulness directed towards myself is coming from my inability to tolerate what I'm experiencing. Yeah. And then it's just a loop. Yeah. Nagara Sutra. Yeah. So I, I, I really like that in that the, it seems like, and in some ways how you were describing the, you know, doing practices and things that, that you don't know why you're doing them. You're just doing them because everybody else is doing them. And, and that's harmful. Um, and that, you know, if, if we always are focusing on the appearance of harmlessness, that's actually harmful. <laughs> it is. The fabrication. So, and that's it. That's that thing of, of, of becoming attached and distracted by appearances. And, and forgetting that that's really generated by me thinking that I'm something's wrong here. Yeah. And that's what thank you and that's what causes you to fall into that salvation kind of thinking because you think there's something wrong here there's something wrong here there's something wrong there and i gotta fix it and yeah the, and then, the, the the convoluted thinking that i think i'm broken but i'm going to fix the world and you realize you can't and you start blaming yourself and you can't sleep at night and you end up drinking a lot and yelling a lot and get into a lot of fights when all that it is is a misplaced focus yeah. you know yeah there's 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 nothing that i need to be any different why because it can't be but if i find something in myself that should change that i recognize and i have this framework called an eightfold path in which to judge myself within a gentle judgment then i know what i have to change and it, then it's no big deal then it, it's not 
it's 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 a it's truly letting go of something that I judge. I uh, it's letting go of something that I see is of no longer any value to me, and that's where we start looking at how we really think about ourselves and the judgments that I built up about myself that I thought I needed to hold on to and hope that you saw me in this certain way when I knew it wasn't really me anyway, that I was showing you, right? You can, I mean, you can see the house of cards that we all build when all we need to do, and I mean, to minimize it, is to take a breath, unite our mind and our body and be at peace with what's occurring in this moment to not need anything to be any different. And that's where Dhamma practice brings us to in this moment, because we understand that it can't be different. It doesn't mean that we don't have preferences. It doesn't mean we don't recognize the things in the world that are so hurtful towards people, et cetera, et cetera. But in this moment, what can be different? The only thing that I can change in this moment is what's going on, how I'm thinking about this moment. And so resting in right view within the framework of the Eightfold Path, I'm always looking out on the world in an impersonal way, not what's happening to me or what I can get out of it, but just to be present. And I know you've heard me say it. That's its own reward. To be present for this moment makes this moment, no matter what it is, to be the richest moment we could possibly live. Why? Because we're living it. You know, it turns out that the secret to life is actually to be present for it. That's it. See you all. <laughs> but that really, I mean, it, 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 to, to live in this present moment is, is, to be, is to be harmless. Because now I'm not living in a fabrication. I'm just where I am. You know, this, is, this is what it is. So. Does anybody have any questions or comments? Yeah, I, I just had a very humorous uh, insight into the, my own practice. Seeing Zach's t-shirt and not having a reaction to it and realizing how far I have come. What is that? Michigan. Oh, <laughs> he's an Ohio State guy. <laughs> well, if I didn't know that, I would have thrown him out, Brian. I wouldn't let somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but just just how profoundly liberating that is to just be re released from that silliness after decades. Yeah. Uh, so really, that was fun. Yeah. That was yeah, fun for me. Even the, yeah, that kind of that kind of tribalism that really. Has yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you still, you should upping the gear every week. <laughs> <laughs> put, it, so put, it, put it to the don't test. walk in here with a Mets T-shirt on because that's, that's something I can't stand it. I <laughs> don't don't push it back. I'm I'm baby, baby in, infantile here. So <laughs> all right, we'll finish with Meta as we always do. So take a moment to become mindful of your in breath and your out breath, and let that mindfulness of your breath. Unite your mind and, and your body. And the Buddha's words are meta from the Karaniya Metta Sutta. This is the Buddha's words describing um, what it's like to be an awakened human being. This is what is done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. They are able and upright, straightforward and gentle in speech, humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied. They remain unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways. They are peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature. They do not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. 
always mindful that all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none. The great or the mighty, medium, short or small. The seen and the unseen. Those living near and far away. Those born and to be born. They are always mindful to not deceive another or despise any being in any state. They abandon anger and ill will with ease, never wishing harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life, her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart, the wise disciple cherishes all living beings. They radiate, radiate kindness over the entire world spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. Whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, they maintain refined mindfulness. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, abandons ignorance of four noble truths. Thank you all for a wonderful class. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.